What is up, Fetch It fam? How we doing? Let's go, let's go. Solo pod time, solo pod. Solo pod, just me and my bestie Yoni. How you doing today, buddy? Just chilling, you know, working on the Fetch It platform, adding some cool features. To, uh, thanks to my friend David Rosenbeck, we're about <laughs> to bring in some cool stuff. Where, where are you at? Are you in Gatlinburg, Cleveland, or Florida? Where are you at right now? I bounce right now between Florida and Gatlinburg. Uh, I'm going to Gatlinburg on Monday to get the building permit set up. Uh, but right now I'm in Florida while we're shooting this. Gotcha. Heck yeah, man. Yeah, we're going to see some really cool stuff here in the very, very near future from Yoni with his new build down in, uh, down in Gatlinburg. But for now, we're going to let uh, let me just keep blabbing about my, my crap that I have going on. So we're going to be talking medium-term rentals today. So anybody that's been interested in the medium-term rental market if you've listened to any of our podcasts you know that i usually am uh, bragging up about all the good things that come with medium term so anybody that doesn't know what a medium-term rental is a medium-term rental is a furnished rental that you pay for the utilities typically a 28-day stay or more usually more in the three-month to six-month range and the first thing that everybody thinks of is traveling nurses whenever you're talking about medium-term rentals but there's all kinds of different people that need furnished rentals between construction workers interns, residents, fellows, uh, I've seen pretty much everything. And then uh, insurance uh, claims is another big one, even though uh, those are a little bit harder to try and pin down than uh, my specialty in the medical world with traveling nurses and traveling medical professionals. professionals. So yeah, we're going to go through kind of uh, what are medium to rentals. Yoni, he doesn't have any MTRs, so he's going to just kind of fire some questions at me. And then uh, I'm going to go through and show you guys how I would go through and just like a, a random market, how I would try and determine if it had any legs for a medium-term rental investment. So, Yoni, what kind of questions do you have for me about MTRs? The thing that's interesting to me about MTRs is it is the way to utilize these um, awesome high-yield platforms like Furnish Finder and Airbnb without getting into trouble with these uh, big city ordinances. You know, if you're ta if you're tapped into Airbnb on Instagram and TikTok, every time there's some law that's about to come down, rumored mm -hmm. to come down, or actually come down, everyone freaks out. And actually, if it doesn't come down, you see properties that are gorgeous come for sale because they can't possibly operate anymore. Yeah, and they're set up as a short-term rental, and maybe they can't be a short-term rental anymore. Maybe they weren't yeah. permitted or something. So what I'm here to learn about is like how you how somebody that without medium term rentals can look can look at things in an interesting market figure out oh like oh that that could work or that could work and maybe not necessarily become an expert, but start getting some spidey sense instincts around it. For sure, yeah. Because anybody that's paid attention to the news at all, there's been two huge ones that just happened within like the last three weeks, I think, something like that, at least the time of recording. Dallas just totally laid the hammer down on everybody in the Dallas market in regards to short-term rentals. So you cannot operate a short-term rental in, in at least certain areas of Dallas, like residential areas. And they didn't grandfather anybody in. They didn't do anything. They just said, all right, you guys are done. And so either you're flying under the radar, which usually the fines, if you get caught for flying under the radar, are like 500 bucks a day or something outrageous. And um, then on top of that, you know, your, your listing is going to get shut down either way because Airbnb works with cities. So if they know that you're not following what you're supposed to be doing, Airbnb has ways of shutting you down as well, not just the city. So flying under the radar, never a good idea. So all of those people, they either shut their listing down, they sold and, you know, just wiped their hands and walked away or 
if they were smart, they would be able to switch over to this medium to rental model. So that's why I keep telling people it's so important to try and like figure out how to run a medium to rental and like how to market it before something like that happens in your market, because then you're going to have the upper hand and you're going to know how to switch over faster. And then, you know, you're going to have this huge influx of other people that are running medium to rentals and you're already, you know, ahead of the eight ball on that. So then you have less chance of getting hurt. Um, and then the other one was in, uh, uh um, California where the, the city of ta- or the land of taxes, they were going to put, uh, do you remember the number Yoni? I think it was like 12%. I think it was a 12% tax on short-term rentals in the state of California, which is outrageous. So anybody that was underwriting a property or underwriting a short-term rental in California, they would have had to have sliced their bottom line by 12%, which is a boatload. And so that would have been another huge killer for short-term rentals in the California market where it's already super hard to try and cash flow. So, you know, medium-term rentals are just something that I think people need to understand. And I think once more people start to understand what a medium-term rental is and how simple they are to manage, I think there will be a lot of people that jump ship from short-term rentals to medium-term rentals because they're less labor intensive and if they do that then you know it's going to start to uh turn into the airbnb of you know like a year or two ago where you know tons and tons of people started climbing into the space so you want to make sure that you're ahead of the eight ball yeah i mean i think the same rules apply to the medium term which is the more thoughtful the listing the higher chance even with competition that you'll last the more five-star reviews you attract the more you can kick people's behind in the long run yeah um but yeah i i think like like i, I have some basic questions like obviously like yeah. how do you pick a market but like are you are you designing these units like differently than a short-term rental um than a re- standard short-term rental because somebody's there for a while they're not there for a day or yeah. two days so i guess that would change the way you set up the unit no Absolutely. Yeah. So the the nicest thing, in my opinion, about medium terms is that you don't need to out amenity everybody in your market. You know, you, you don't need to put murals on the walls and have pinball machines and, you know, have a, a pool out back and all this other stuff, which sure, like, would it help as a as an MTR? Sure, it would probably help. But you don't have to have that to be able to win in your market. If anybody listening right now just goes to Furnish Finder and types in their city and looks at it. I would say at least 50%, if not probably 75% of the listings don't have professional photos. So that's strike one right there. And then if you go in and actually look at the furnishings, the furnishings look terrible. It's usually a lot of secondhand furniture. It's kind of like, you know, eight years ago, Airbnb is what Furnish Finder looks like right now. And so huge ways that you can win in uh, in any market is just by if you're in that top 10%, which I, I, I preach all the time, just try and get into the top 10% between your price, your location, the uh, property itself and your interior design, and you're going to kill it, you're going to destroy everyone else in your market. How did you go about buying the furniture for your MTRs? Did you you just went on Amazon? Or did you do anything more yeah, so my wonderful wife took care of all of that for me. So she uh, she's the interior designer. I am not. And so the way that she went through, she told me I can furnish an entire house from Amazon, Marshalls, and Target. And that's pretty much what she did. She took care of everything from just those three spots alone. And we tried our best to buy everything that we could off of Amazon because we knew that we were going to be traveling. So, and we knew that we were going to be talking to people where they didn't, they maybe didn't live in that market. And so they needed to be able to manage it 
it remotely. And that's the beautiful thing about medium terms is they're so easy to manage remotely. Like my wife and I, we did it for eight months. We were traveling around. We managed my whole portfolio remotely from the road. So we knew that if anything broke, if anything needed replaced, we wanted a huge Amazon Excel spreadsheet that we could go into, click it, send it. It's delivered to the property. We've got a brand new couch there within, you know, three days or something like that, that my cleaner and her husband can throw inside the unit. So we tried to buy as much stuff as what we could from either Amazon online or Target online so we could just rinse and repeat and buy things again. We didn't need to go, you know, into a furniture furniture store and purchase everything. So that made life much easier on us for a scaling perspective and then makes it easier for us on a maintenance perspective because then as we move forward if the blender breaks inside our unit at uh, uh at an apartment complex or whatever we could just ship a new blender over there because we've already got it. it i just wanted to put as much work in on the front end as i possibly could so that i could coast on the back end that's kind of how i like to do pretty much everything in life <laughs> so if i could work really really hard in the beginning so that i can be lazy later i will do that all day Work hard now and be lazy later. Is the, exactly. The and and actually, I've got uh, um, uh, my entire Amazon list. And so for a Fetch It uh, customer, your Fetch It listener special, we will uh, put under the YouTube video, I will send you guys the link for it, and you guys can access it for free. Go ahead and take a look at it. It's, it's fantastic. It's pretty much you can furnish an entire house just off that Amazon list. That's sick. That's really nice of you. Yeah. Um, that's really, really nice of you. Um, okay, cool. So you have a, a high level, everybody has a high level of what they can do. They have to work really hard at the beginning to be lazy later. I think everybody would love those sort of passive income keys. Yeah. Um, what's, what's the first thing you want to show us today? So I was uh, telling Yoni, I was like, you know, the, the biggest question everybody always asks is, how can I tell if my market is, you know, viable for medium term rentals? And I would argue just about every market is viable for medium term rentals. So just a quick side story. My sister-in-law, uh, over Christmas, they had a pipe that burst in their attic and they were gone for a week while they were home for, uh, you know, visiting family. And so whenever they got back, they had water absolutely everywhere because it was leaking for an entire week. So they live in North Canton, Ohio, tiny little town, only like 15,000 people, something like that. And they needed to find a unit that they could stay in for six months while their house was being totally gutted and renovated and so literally any market 15,000 people North Canton Ohio they had to find a furnish finder unit and an Airbnb unit that they had to break up their time that they stayed there because they didn't have anywhere else to go so furnished rentals literally work anywhere especially uh, from the uh, insurance claim side of things but with me being medical I like to teach people because in my opinion the traveling nurses the traveling nurses are the most predictable you know where they're going to be because they're going to be around large hospitals so then you can really hone in on your market and see how many uh how many traveling nurses are looking to get into a certain area so that's what i want to show everybody today because i think that's the the lowest barrier to entry and the easiest for people to grasp the insurance companies and stuff like that that's a little bit harder to try and gauge you know what the demand's going to be because you know the uh, a furnished finder host in north canton ohio didn't know that a pipe was going to burst so you know it just happened that there was some units around so if you wanted something that was much more predictable and much more uh you know you know easier to underwrite then i think travel nursing is the way to go so I'm going to share my screen. Um, we're going to do travel nursing demand. Share. All right. Yoni, you got me? Yeah, this is cool. So let's say that we were going to go. Um, I really like the Carolinas. I think there's a lot of people that are moving to the Carolinas. And so I think if you're investing in those areas, I always want to try and invest in uh, areas where things are growing. So um, Durham... 
North Carolina was a, a I just was like skimming across the United States uh, right before we hopped on this and this this popped out at me so I just want to see so I've literally never looked into Durham before in my life so first thing I would do is go to furnishfinder.com forward slash stats s-t-a-t-s and then it pops out what the furnish finder statistics for that city have been and so what I like to see whenever I'm looking into a potential market I like to see there to be at least 150,000 page views in the last 12 months and i like there to be 50,000 um housing requests in that market that gives you a good baseline if there's 150,000 here and 50,000 here you're going to be in a market where there is absolutely demand because my market that i mainly invest in it only has i think it's like 60,000 and like 20,000 and i know that i'm doing well so i made sure i bumped up that benchmark a little bit for my students whenever i'm teaching them just to make sure they're in a market where there is demand and so with this with 657,000 page views and 146,000 requests we know that there's a crap load of demand in this market so the next thing I would do is I would look up largest city or largest hospital in Durham, North Carolina. So Duke University. Oh, okay. That's why it's so popular. So Duke University Hospital, thousand bed hospital. Um, for sure would be a uh, it's a teaching hospital so whenever you have a teaching hospital so these are all just like medical things that some people may not know about if they haven't worked in the medical field so a teaching hospital they have uh, uh, to where like residents are coming through and fellows are coming through to learn and on top of traveling nurses and interns and all these other people that are going to be coming into this hospital so we know that there's a huge hospital there Duke University so then what I like to do is say okay where is Duke University if I go to maps Duke Regional, where are you at? Duke Regional is up here at the top. So Duke University Medical Center and Duke Regional are right here. So these huge hospitals right across the road from each other. So what I would want to be doing is, okay, is there any sort of properties for sale in this area that could potentially work to where they could hit all three of those? So then I would go into, so I was looking into Florida just a little bit ago, but we'll skip that. Durham, North Carolina. So we're looking into Durham. And so I set my bar because if you're tra going after traveling nurses, for the most part, I always tell people that like the the higher level of what people are going to want to pay. Oh, are you still seeing my screen, Yoni? Yeah, I see the furnished finder screen. Oh, oh shoot. Okay, I want to I want you to see the uh Durham. How do I view tab? There we go. All right, sorry folks. This is this is a uh, need to move it over to Durham. All right, so I'm going to stop sharing this one. I'm going to share this one. Screen Durham, North Carolina. All right, so we are back into Durham and I was showing on the other screen that right around in here, you have Duke Hospital, like Duke University, and then Duke Regional. So in these two areas is where two of the largest hospitals are in the entire city. So you're going to want to try and find something around there. So I like to find what I call my misfit properties. And so like this is a, a good example, a little bit higher price than I would like. Um, but it's two bed, one bath, 816 square feet. So why I call it a misfit house is because there's not many people that want to buy a two bed, one bath house for one families. It's too small for them to be able to stay 
stay there um, because they're going to grow out of it eventually. And then investors, for the most part, it's usually too small of a bed count to be able to make a good return as a um, as an investment property for them on the long term side of things. But a two bed, one bath, 816 square feet is perfect size for somebody that's traveling to the area and only needs to be there for three or four months. And they just need a place for them to stay because usually they're not traveling with huge families for the most part. It's either a single traveler or it's a couple and maybe they have a dog. Maybe they have like a, one child with them or something. So two bed, one baths can be perfect. So let's see what we've got here. So this property, two bed, one bath. No, that's a big no. <laughs> so gutted on the inside. We'll scoot back out. I, let's see if we can look at this one. 265K. Super nice property. Wouldn't have to do a single thing to it except furnish it. And whenever I'm looking at a property and how much I'm going to furnish, usually a rule of thumb that I follow is uh, the first bedroom is 2500 bucks, and then any bedroom on, or the first one bed, one bath is $5,000, then any bedroom above that is an extra 2500 So $5,000 starting out for one bed, one bath, and then you add on another 2500 for another bedroom. So 7500 bucks would easily be able to furnish this property really, really, really well. And you'd be super close to every single hospital that's around. So the estimated payment, usually Zillow will put in the estimated payment with a 20% down payment. And if you're buying this as an investment, that would likely be what you're doing. So you're around 1600 bucks a month for your mortgage payment. And then factoring in most of the other stuff, it's usually like, uh, uh, roughly about three to $400 a month on the high end for utilities. So let's say that you're at, you know, $2,000 a month all in. So if we would go back to I'm going to stop sharing my screen here. If we would go back to Furnish Finder. And we're going to search for what properties are going for in Durham, North Carolina, how much the cost is. So what I always do and I always tell people do, um, you can rent by the room. That's sometimes uh, what people prefer. But me personally, I think that just leaves room for, you know, things to go wrong. So what I like to do is I unclick room. I unclick hotel. So that's more on the consumer side of things like travel nurses. If they're going to an area and they just want to stay at a hotel for a month, they can do that. But I don't have a hotel. And then I always, always, always allow pets. And the reason for that is because right now we're seeing 240 available units because these are ones where they do not allow pets or they do allow pets. It's all of them all together. Then whenever you hit the pets welcome, it cuts it down to 146. So you already cut out like 40% of your competition just by allowing pets because most of these travel nurses, it's usually like your, your typical avatar is a female in her 20s and most of them have a, a golden doodle of some sort. And so it's really important to try and uh, allow pets if you can. So then if we're cruising through, we were right downtown whenever where that property was. There's a little bit up to the side here. So we're looking kind of at the... Uh, comps that we have so this is a three bedroom super nice house that's not a comp for us that's three bedroom so we're getting into the two bedroom world similar to what ours was 2400 it's it's so different short-term rentals they would tell you minimum three you're, you're saying here go to the two it's really uh, a totally different ball game two bedrooms one bedrooms those are perfect for traveling nurses yeah so right here we've got a uh this one's right downtown 2275 a month for a one bedroom and this is an apartment this isn't even a house and so this is another apartment for 2750 2275 2900 so i would say 
I would say this is probably our closest thing that we have to a comp, but I would say that our property that we were just looking at is probably even a little bit nicer. They have it decently furnished, but you can tell some of the stuff is outdated. It's a little bit older and it's only, uh, the area wasn't quite as nice. So, but they, they actually did do a good job. They had some professional photos. So the only thing that I would suggest for them and with the property that we were just looking at would be, uh, can you still see, can you see the Zillow listing I'm looking at Yoni? No, you're stuck in furnished finder. Okay. Let me pull it back up. We will stop sharing. So here was the unit that I was looking at. Go back to share. I wish it would just share my whole screen. There's probably, oh, there we go. Show my entire screen. That's gotta be. All right, so that, that was my fault. I'm stupid. I didn't figure that out. <laughs> so, all right, can you see this listing now, Yoni, that I'm flipping through? Yeah, for, the furnace finder two bed. Perfect, yeah, yeah. So, like I was flipping through this property and I was talking about it, nobody else could see. So the property looks nice. It's got professional photos. It's well decorated. So this would be a pretty close comp to us, and they're renting it out for about 2400 a month. And the one thing that I would suggest, though, if you're going to allow pets, if you could put in just a small fenced-in area out back as well, that makes a massive difference, and people will pay for that. And so they're having a pet deposit that's non-refundable of $250, so that's a one-time fee. And so you can actually... You know, you're cutting out a bunch of your competition by allowing pets, and then you're actually charging more because the pets are coming there. Because anybody that's traveling, they're not going to not come to your unit or not pay the pet fee if they have a pet with them. So you're actually making more money with less competition. And so... Uh, if we go back to our property that we were just looking at, similar in size, but I think uh, even nicer updates. And this property has a little porch that they could go on. And then, I, like I said, I would suggest putting a small little fence back there. But if our payment was sixteen twenty four, and we'd probably have about $300 a month in utilities and Internet, somewhere in that neighborhood. So we're about 1900 ish And so if this property is pulling in $2,400 a month, then you, 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 know, you can pretty safely say that you would at least be in that neighborhood. So, you know, making $400 a month in cash flow, and let's say that you put 20% down on this property at the current price that it's at. Let me pull my calculator out. So you'd be putting 2649. So you'd be putting 52,000 down if you're putting 20% or no, 26 times two. Yeah, $52,000 down. If you're making $400 a month in cash flow times 12 months, it's 4,800 divided by 800. So you're at a 10 point, no, that's not right. 4,800 divided by 52,000. You're at a 9% cash on cash return, which isn't stellar by any means, but I mean, at least it's something that you're getting out of there. It's better than sitting in the bank. Yeah, exactly right. So that was just kind of a quick example. And that's more expensive of a property than I would typically look for. What I really, really like to do with travel nurses in uh, the markets that I go for, I like the Midwest because that's where I live. I think Midwest is best whenever it's coming to these like uh, lower priced properties because I can I can snag a you know $90,000 property somewhere in the Midwest, no problem. And the beautiful thing about medium term rentals 
is that whenever or with uh, you know traveling nurses like i always use cleveland as an example so it, with cleveland in the middle of winter it's cold as shit yoni knows this he lived there and so it's really hard to get somebody to want to go to cleveland in the middle of january or february to go work at the cleveland clinic and so what they have to do is they have to actually raise the amount that they will pay somebody to go to these areas and you can actually buy the prices or buy the units for lower so it's an inverse relationship between the two of them and you actually are the one that's actually making the spread there so you're making more cash flow but you're kind of giving up uh, a little bit of appreciation because you're not in some of these more popular markets like the durham north carolinas or anything like that so that was my my uh, my blabbing spiel about medium-term rentals what, what kind of questions you got for me so i think what we covered is the high level of why medium terms are attractive how they're uh, what you look for in a unit that's different. I think the biggest thing that stuck out to me was that you're talking about twos and ones in studios. I would never do that for a short-term rental and that, yeah. and that um, in, in that regard. You're, we're talking about a place like Cleveland, definitely like the way you explained it, makes it even more attractive for medium-term rental because if they can afford more, they're allocated more theoretically, you could charge more, I would mm -hmm. hope. Yeah. Um, so I think it takes the management of the cleaners, which is time, dealing with parties, which is time, um, off your hands. And, yeah. it, and I think this is like the way of the future, the way you gauge demand showed a lot. I, I, I really do think that this could be a really, like if somebody was l looking to be a part of Airbnb long-term, this is probably, I don't wanna say the only way to do it, it's one of a couple ways that really guarantee that you're that you're if you're buying it, especially if you're buying it, that 100%. it's a long run. Yeah, I mean, what I what I love about mediums and rentals is that you have the best guest base, in my opinion, that you're going to possibly have. You have nurses, doctors, interns for law firms, uh, you know, professional workers of whatever type coming into town. Typically, you're going to have somebody that's going to be a good person that's in there. So I just literally just today we have these uh, this couple that's from Palm Springs, California, that's staying in one of our units here in Fort Wayne. They're actually just visiting family, but they're here for like two months. And she just sent me a message and she said, hey, there was a uh, check that came in the mail from the prior guest that's here. What do you want me to do with it? Also, the battery ran out inside the um, the garage door uh, remote that I uh, that I replaced. And then there was something else that she did. Like she just took care of like three different things. She's like, can you tell me an address? I could forward this to that person I said, yeah, reach it out to the person before that. She put it in the mail for her and sent it out. She replaced the batteries in the garage door remote, whatever. So like these people, like they're living there. So they're going to take responsibility of what's going on. It's not like oh, I'm only here at this Airbnb for four days. I'm just going to be trashed the whole time and be a, a, a mess and be a terrible person, you know? <laughs> so these people are living there. They want to make sure that they're keeping the unit nice because they're living there. They're traveling professionals, so they're hopefully going to act like professionals whenever they're staying there. They're getting paid really, really well where they're at, so they're able to afford what you're, um, whatever you're going to be charging for it. And so, and you don't have the constant turnover that you do with short-term rentals. Most of my units, they're booked up for at least three months at a time, but usually up to like six months. I've got one that's for 14 months right now and another one that was asking about nine months. And so they're paying long, or they're paying medium-term prices, but staying for long-term terms. And so at the end of this, I anticipate that I'll be able to go into that property and it will look immaculate because she is a nurse anesthetist and he is a traveling nurse. They're very well-paid people, well-educated, 
nice, normal people. They're not going to destroy the place. And so I bet whenever we go in there, our cleaner goes in there to turn it over, it'll probably look like the day that we left it. And so I, I, I just can't talk enough about how nice short or medium term rentals are in regards to management because of the caliber of person that you're dealing with. And then whenever you're not dealing with this constant turnover, like I'll go two or three months without a turnover. So I just did a presentation not too long ago. And one of my main properties that I have my very first medium term rental that I bought, it has a carriage house out back. So it's got two properties on it. And just from that property, in a 12 month time span, it was producing on average about three to $4,000 a month in cash flow, not just revenue, but cash flow. And then after that, it was, uh, I only had five turnovers in 12 months between the two of them because I had people that were staying there for so long. And so with that type of uh, turnover, there's, there's no headache with it. I go months without hearing from any of my people. So it's fantastic. You don't have to deal with, you know, Oh, I forgot the key, the key to what's going on. Or like, can you send me the door lock code again or whatever? Like my people, I get them in there, they get settled and then they're just there for the long haul. Another thing you're talking about right now is responsible tenants that like actually like help you and you don't even hear from them that much, which is amazing, but you still have very high returns. Yeah. Long term, maybe not as high as short term, but um, probably higher than short term on the down months. Yeah, absolutely. And you're, so when you're short term, you, you can get some months where you get nothing basically. Yeah. So I did a quick video on my Instagram uh, the other day and I think I sent it over to you. I can't remember, but if somebody wants to see it, they can go back. But essentially it was how I decide if I'm going to short term a property or medium term a property. And it was in Indianapolis. And so I punched it into air DNA and it said I would produce like 23,700 or something like that in revenue from air DNA. And so then I went to furnish finder and most of the units were renting for $2,000 a month that I could find and actually above that. So I was using 2000 as kind of like a very conservative estimate. And if you take $2,000 a month and I'm running at a 95% occupancy across my portfolio because people are just there forever, they've got somebody lined up right behind them. So at 95% occupancy, $2,000 a month, I am making just as much, if not more than what it would make as a short-term rental. And it was, I think it was like $160 a night and a 57% occupancy per air DNA. But me, I'm going to have $2,000 a month at a 95% occupancy. And so I know which one sounds more enticing to me the one where I don't have to constantly be turning this thing over. And in all reality, you know, if you're, if you have a lower tier Airbnb, you're going to have a lower tier guest that's coming there to stay, you know, hundred, hundred bucks a night or 120 bucks a night, something like that. You're going to get a hundred, 120 bucks a night type of person that's going to be staying there. So the only interest that I have in short-term rental is I've been spoiled with high end guests already. And so I only want to work with high end guests. So the only way that I'm going to get into the short term rental game is between me and Yoni, we're going to start building some really, really sweet short term rentals that are going to be catering to the upper tier of people that are going to be able to afford a thousand dollars a night, twelve hundred dollars a night for a property. So that's the only way that I want to get into short terms. I don't want to deal with the, you know, hundred bucks a night staying there for one night and trashing it. Totally, totally. Um, I think I think it's either medium term rentals in metro markets or these really thoughtful short term rentals in places like national parks and things like that. Like that's 100%. How you, that's the staying power forever. Um, David, this is this is awesome. Um, just so the audience knows, we're gonna try to do more solo pods um, without guests, so we talk about different valuable topics for everybody. Uh, because we want to we want to spread as much knowledge and make it available for free as possible. Um, of course, uh, it, it does take a lot of work for us to come up with the topics, put put it together, and plan it. 
So gentlemen's agreement, uh, please click the subscribe button uh, because it, for us to be able to do this, um, it's not free for us, but it, it's, it's the least we can ask for. Um, so please, please, please click, click the subscribe button because we're going to be doing a lot more of these. 100%, 100%. And if anybody wants to uh, learn more about medium-term rentals and the medium-term rental world, it just went live today. I have my uh, medium-term rental Facebook group, so the medium-term rental masterclass with David Rosenbeck. We'll put that in uh, the link below the YouTube video so people can go check out the Facebook group. Totally free. There's a lot of cool people that are already in there, and it's just going to be us hanging out, talking about medium-term rentals, asking questions, providing good content. And so anybody that's interested, go take a, go take a look. That's awesome. All right, everybody. It was a Fetch It Friday special. We're going to do more of these. Let's go. Let's go. See ya, buddy. Okay. So, one second. Let it stop. Let it stop.